In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Normally, I start preaching from the Word of God, and we are going to get to the Word of God. But today, I want to start by talking about one of the writers of God's Word. Family, quick question. How many Gospels are there in the Bible? Four. Who wrote them? I can't hear you. All right, four writers of the Gospels, four different Gospels, but the same Gospel of Jesus Christ, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Today's Gospel was written by Luke and inspired by his Spirit. And notice how Luke begins his Gospel. We read from Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to go verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. He says, Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us. St. Luke is writing a gospel that is a history. There's a historical reality to what St. Luke is writing. It's not a fiction book. It's not a myth. It's not a parable. St. Luke is trying to write what actually happened. Verse 2, Just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us. St. Luke is saying that he's getting this gospel inspired by the Holy Spirit from eyewitnesses who walked with Jesus. And these eyewitnesses, the apostles, the disciples, those who heard the words of Jesus audibly, they're communicating it to the early church. St. Luke is one generation removed from the apostles. And actually St. Luke, his history, he followed St. Paul. Verse 3, I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus. St. Luke is taking his investigation seriously. I want you to put yourself in St. Luke, in Luke's position. He's hearing about Jesus. He's been convinced personally. And now he's like, I got to write this down but I don't want to write down what is false. So I am going to investigate it. I am going to go to every eyewitness I can find and I am going to hear about what happened and I'm going to compile a narrative which we now know as the Gospel of Luke. Really, it's the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Verse 4, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. St. Luke is saying, I want you to know with certainty that this really happened, that Jesus is Messiah, and that there are reasons. I don't want you to just have blind faith. Going back to who St. Luke was, he was a physician, he was a doctor, he was rational, he was highly intellectual. St. Luke is about to write the most important and amazing story in all of human history. And he feels compelled to do so by the Holy Spirit inside of him. So again, there is a historical reality to the gospel. The gospel is a historical narrative of what really happened. I preach this to you because I want there to be a conviction in your heart, a faith in you that what we believe is real. Jesus is alive. 
not just 2,000 years ago. He's risen and he's active in, in this world. So why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we do all of the things that we do as a community? Why do we come to Mass every Sunday? Because Jesus is alive. Amen? Good morning. All right. St. Luke was highly educated. He cared about details. In Colossians 4.14, St. Paul writes, Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, sends greetings. He was intellectual and he was rational. Family, don't believe the lie that if you're rational, you can't have faith. Faith and reason are not opposed to each other. They are complementarity. They, they complement each other. I want you to declare this. Pope St. John Paul II said in his, in his letter to the church, Fides et Ratio, faith and reason, St. John Paul II started this letter to the church by saying, and declare this with me, faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the truth. I'm going to say that again, and I want you to listen to this. Faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the truth. So if you have faith only, you have one wing, you can't fly. If you have reason only, you have one wing, you cannot fly. We need both faith and reason to rise to what is true. If what you believe, if your faith is in what is true, then your faith leads you to a knowledge that you cannot attain by reason alone. Sorry if this is too philosophical for you. Wake up. Use your brain. The truth cannot just be relegated to what I can reason. There is something deeper. One plus one is? You can reason that. You don't need faith to believe that. But let's give you an example. Hatham just because I know your name. Sister Amanda. I'll, I'll use you, sister. Hi, sister. Sorry, I love you. Okay. Actually, that's what I wanted to say. I love you. Haytham, I love you. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. Uh, this is not a dialogue. How do you know I love you? St. George family, I love you. I love you. How do you know that what I'm saying is true. Faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to truth. How do you know that my statement, I love you, I love you, is true? How do you know that that's true? You have to believe it. You have to trust me. So that there is a knowledge of you knowing that I love you this knowledge cannot be attained by thinking it, by reason alone. You have to trust me that I love you. When you don't believe me, you call me a liar. When you don't believe Jesus, you call him a liar. And so family, we need faith. Let's go back to the gospel. Zechariah, he's an old man and he offers incense to God. And he sees an angel. 
the angel declares to him that your wife, who has been barren for many years, she is going to be pregnant. And Zechariah says, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced for many years. Zechariah is using his capacity of reason, and God is asking him to believe. Believe, not just because you can rationalize it, but believe because of who is telling you. The angel of God, sent from God, is communicating a truth. The word of God, the Bible, is God speaking to his children and telling you, do you believe, like Isaiah 43 that we read today in the first reading, I love you. Not rationally, but I love you. Do you believe it? So Zechariah needed faith. So he didn't have it. He had to spend nine months silent and unable to hear because he needed to make room for the word of God in his heart. He had become overly rational, like the atheist of today, thinking they can know all of truth because it's only reason. But faith and reason are like two wings. When you have only reason, you close yourself off to a truth that is deeper than just your understanding. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. Do not rely on your own intelligence. There is something deeper. I love you. How do you know that? Believe me. So Zechariah needed to hear from God. I want you to declare this with me. In the silence... God speaks. God speaks. When, God speaks when God speaks, faith increases. My question to you is, are you listening? Back to I love you. I love you. Yeah, I want to hear it back now. Uh, don't lie to me, okay? But I'm not calling you a liar. I believe you. I trust you, okay? I pray that you trust me and more importantly, that you trust God. He loves you. You can say to God, I love you too. Amen. But you might say, because it's faith and reason, you might say, prove it. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Don't just, I love you. It's just words. You know, it's really, it really bothers me. 16-year-old boys, 17-year-old, 18-year-olds, 19, maybe not, no, 19, 15, Girls, boys, teenagers, stop saying to each other, I love you. No, you don't. You don't know what that means. Love is a lot deeper. You can't say it until you're ready to commit to it. And you're not ready, right? So stop telling each other, I love you. It is a lot deeper. Okay, that was my little aside. Okay. If I say to you, I love you, but I don't act upon it, if I don't show you, that's not real love. All of us, so we need, with God, we need to, to believe in God, that he loves us. We need to understand. We need God to prove it. God, don't just tell me. Show me. Prove to me that you love me. 
All of us are meant to engage in this journey of understanding. There is a desire in all of us that needs to be awakened, that we need to seek to know and to understand and to then experience the love of God. Is there an investigation of that in your life? Do you seek to understand by the power of your reason? Are you reading his word? Are you going to Bible study? Is study a part of your life? I want to give us a challenge as a family. It's December 3rd, right? Or 4th? Which one? 3rd. December 3rd. You have a month to prepare for this. On January 1st, I encourage all of us to do a Bible in a year. This is by Augustine Institute. It's my favorite version where it literally goes through the entire Bible in one year. It's 15, 20 minutes a day of reading the Word of God, and there's a short reflection after it. There's only like two copies in the gift shop, but there's a lot on Amazon. There's a lot on AugustineInstitute.com. Or you can commit yourself to doing Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year so that you can come to know and have deeper faith because when God speaks, faith increases. St. Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. So we have to know there is an understanding that needs to happen that God loves you because faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to what is true. Amen. Quick side homily. This is totally off topic now. Almost Merry Christmas. And a lot of us are doing uh, a lot of Christmas gifts. You're probably already thinking, how many Christmas gifts do I have to give to people? And I just want to communicate to all of us. It's a blessing to give and to do all of these Christmas gifts, but it can put a lot of pressure on people to spend a lot of money. And then to keep up with people. If this person gives me this much, I have to give them this much, and now I have to spend so much. Well, family, I just want to say, don't forget the goal of Christmas. I was watching a quick video, and it was a video of this mom giving this one-year-old baby who's sitting down all of these Christmas gifts, and it's on a table. And the baby just starts shoving them off the table because they don't really care. And in the background, the song of Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is... So don't forget the meaning of Christmas. It's family. It's bringing Jesus into our family. It's imitating the Holy Family. Christmas is not all about the presents. It's beautiful. It's joyful. But don't fall into this commercialization garbage that takes away the true meaning of what Christmas is. It's not about how much you spend. It's about how much you love. I love you. Amen. God loves you. Amen. Live it and receive it from him. Amen.